Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Are you struggling with lack of confidence? Maybe self-sabotaging behaviors or self-limiting beliefs? (sighs) Who hasn't, right? Hey, hey, everyone, this is Amanda Gates, and I'd like to officially welcome you to Home Energy Design. Today, I have a kick-ass guest who has actually been a good friend of mine for a couple of years now, and her name is Dr. Danielle Dowling. This interview was incredible. I knew that she would have so much to offer you guys for self-limiting beliefs, lack of confidence, and just all the bullshit that we tell ourselves as to why we can't do something or why we can't achieve something. And I always tell my clients that you need to guard your thoughts. You need to really be protective of the people that you surround yourself with and pay attention to your language. What I loved about this interview is that we really got into this idea of celebrating how to be courageous, celebrating how to be vulnerable, and this idea of radiant living. Ah, I just love that. So how can we as women get more into flow? How can we step outside and just stop having those self-hatred, self-limiting beliefs, lack of confidence, all the stuff that we tell ourselves And instead, step into this radical shift of energy that's occurring all around us. Ah, you are going to love this interview. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hey, hey, everyone. This is Amanda Gates, and I am so totally stoked to have Dr. Danielle Dowling on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. So I've actually had Danielle on before. She was actually on the show a couple of years ago before we did the the big rebrand for Home Energy Design. And, you know, I think one of the things that I love about our connection is that we met via our blogs, which seems like forever ago. (laughs) And we became fast friends and we've uh, had the opportunity to meet and talk and we're, you know, going down a rabbit hole with mysticism and spirituality and everything. But I think you've been on quite a long journey over, I would say, at least the last 15 years or so, just kind of discovering yourself. But before we dive into all of that, in case my uh, now audience has not uh, gone back, which I would encourage you to go back and listen to our our, uh, recording that we did. But Um, Just give us a a little bit of a rundown of, you know, how you were a Jersey girl and ended up in LA and became Dr. Danielle Dowling. Uh, (laughs) Um, So, so, okay, so how did I end up in LA Um, and doing what I'm doing? Uh, Okay, so the first immediate response that really comes up for me is it's, it's in my blood. I can't remember a time in my life when I haven't just wanted to help make it better for people. And that's probably the most simplistic, like stripped down way of expressing my mission in life and what I love to do, which is I really just love to make it better for people to really give them the, the tools and the resources that they need to shift into a life that they are just giddy about that they love. Um, so, so yeah, today I have my doctorate in psychology. I'm a trained life coach. Uh, and I've, I've shared this with you, Amanda, for fun. Um, I am currently training with a master numerologist and astrologist here in LA, and I'm just having so much fun with that. So I'm really enjoying exploring my mystic side. Um, but prior to all that, um, I have always naturally fallen into the role of therapist, coach, loving friend. And so even when I was back in New Jersey and living my New York City life, uh, I had a different uh, 
job. Um, but, but I've always fallen into that therapist, coach and loving friend role. So, and it's, you know, so really it's been, I'm, I'm 41 going on 42 and it, for the past 10 years, I've been doing this professionally. So that's probably over 15,000 hours of coaching. Right. And, um, and I, I think the bottom line it, it, for me really is that I, I really deeply believe that women are going to be leading the world on all levels. And, you know, the rise of the feminine energy is it's here. We're, we're really in it. And it's, it's going to require a different level of skill. And that's very much part helping women develop that skill right? To be the leaders that we're called to be in the world is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I love it. I love the, you know, just as we've been friends over the years, the transformation that I've seen in you and really uh, taking the leash, so to speak, in rising, which is funny because we were just talking about rise, sister, rise, but this yes. idea of rising up to our calling and, and really stepping into our brilliance as women um, I don't necessarily think that we need to, you know, be uh, better than men, so to speak, but I do think it needs to be equal. And I think that we have ways of approaching things in life that I think are softer and um, nurture situations uh, a little bit differently. And I think that we come to things with a lot more empathy and compassion, which I think right now is lacking in our culture. Um, but what I think I've really loved the most about seeing your transformation, especially just in the last year, is this new approach and um, almost addiction to finding this mystical side of yourself and mm -hmm. all of the things that you've been exploring. And I'm curious, as you've been kind of called up as a leader, how has this more spiritual side and, and this... Um, digging, so to speak, to, to find more information out and learn this whole new world. What's that been like for you as a woman and, and kind of coming into your own? Hmm. That's a great question. And um, I, I think it, it, the answer to that probably reflects a lot of what many women are going through culturally, going through culturally and globally, whether they're tapping into their mystic and spiritual side or not, I think we can't deny that there is just a radical shift in energy. And you can even like, let's just say you're, you know, you're a little bit of a doubter on that. And you're like, oh, really? I don't see. I mean, you could just look at culturally what's happening with the feminine, right? With the, the Me Too movement. You even look at, it's, this might seem like a trite example, but you even look at uh, movies, for example, right? In The Incredibles that just came out, it was the woman who got the promotion, right? Not the man. Like she was going to be the lead. Like she was the leader. She was the one that was chosen to right? Carry on, really, really lead the work and expand the work that they were doing. And then you look at even Ocean's 8, like whether you like the movie or not, it was an all-female cast. There's just something to be said for what's happening with the rise of the feminine. And, and you just can't deny that energy. So, so that, and for me personally, it's been, um, it's been a bit of an act of courageousness and vulnerability to embrace my mystic side. There has been, and maybe we could point to the patriarchy with this a little bit, right? But there's just been, um, you know, a sense of a f kind of cultural conditioning where we sort of stamp out the feminine, right? That it's just sort of, you know, let's just say for the last 2000 years been seen as a lesser, the lesser gender, the lesser energy, the weaker one. And really what has been praised and celebrated, again, let's just say for the last 2000 years or so has been, right, the masculine energy, that very linear, very productive, very, very generative um, energy, which is very much seen in our traditional corporate structure. 
that's shifting, but it's still in place more than it's not. And so what is really like celebrated there is that linear productive generative way, right? We do it this way. It's these traditional values. It's like, you know, it's one plus two equals three and we kind of keep it above board and we don't want to get too, you know, we don't want to get too flowy and we don't want to get too receptive because then like nothing's ever going to happen in the world, right? It has to be much more constructive and tangible. And so I, for, for me in my journey, I, I think without even really recognizing it, because I think in some ways it's just so embedded in our culture and in the mind training that we don't recognize that there's these, that we've absorbed these rules so to speak, right? And I felt like in order for the public and my clients to really respect me, right? And to really respect me and see the value in my work, I had to be Dr. Danielle Dowling. I had to go back and get my master's and my doctorate in psychology and I had to play it really straight and just be super intellectual and like, and there's no, I have no regret about that schooling, but I now have really shifted into a place where I realize it's not the whole story, right? And that there, I'm living, we are living in a day and age where it's safe, right, to be exposed in many ways and to say, well, there's actually many sides of me. And while let's just say the doctorate is the more kind of linear traditional straightforward way of going about educating ourselves and and educating others there's also this other side which can be equally valuable which is equally valuable equally respectable and equally um well valuable so and that's this more this more feminine side of the the mystic realm right? Where things aren't necessarily as straightforward. So that's a really long answer. I hope I'm answering, I hope I'm giving you an answer to the question, but in general, it's been a real act of courageousness and vulnerability to allow myself to be exposed in that kind of way for not just my masculine linear side, but also the more mystic, receptive, softer, um, feminine side. Well, and I think you're right. I think that the masculine really has been celebrated. And, you know, it's, and I, I think we should mention too, that we've been in the information age for well over a hundred years, which also included in it the industrial revolution. And so it's always been this way of, like you mentioned, linear thinking of you have to, you know, do the steps and you have to be more intellectual, which is a very young way of living. and you know, this idea of being courageous while simultaneously being vulnerable, God forbid, you know, like you don't want to uh, show your weakness because that's Darwinism, you know, which blows my mind that Darwinism is still taught in schools when uh, origin came out in the 1800s. So we're taught that it's survival of the fittest. And in order to, to, you know, really survive, we have to be the best at what we do and we have to climb and we have to strive and probably step on someone along the way. (laughs) Totally acceptable behavior in this old way of thinking. And, you know, it's dog eat dog world. And, you know, I think you're right. There is a radical shift that is occurring and, as we start to enter into the intuition stage, which is where women shine Mm -hmm. because we are brilliant at knowing our, you know, not only our circumstances, but our environments and understanding empathetically what people are uh, experiencing. I think that we can start to get into this flowy state uh, and not feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm exposing myself. Like it's going to be perfectly acceptable and, probably a better celebrated. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be appreciated and, and, and appreciated. I think that's a great word. So I'm curious, you know, now that you've been really dipping your toe because I so, I so understand what you're talking about with the doctorate because I, my trajectory, uh, trajectory was, um, I was going to med school and the right. only reason I was going to med school was because I wanted to, have the fancy title. I wanted the letters after my name. And then, you know, I had the surreal experience. Everybody knows the story, my surreal experience around feng shui. And I ditched all of it 
and went into feng shui, but it was a very hard decision because I wasn't going to have all the fancy letters after my name and people weren't going to respect me. So I did it anyways, but a lot of women won't because of fear for X, whatever that thing is. So what do you see that women constantly, you know, I feel like again and again, women have these undercurrents of brilliance. They are uh, masters at one particular skill set and they shine in it. They love doing it. They would do it for free. They lose time yeah. doing it. And this is their natural talent. But for whatever reason, because, you know, they won't get accepted or they won't make money or people won't like it, they don't do it. So why, in your experience, do women tend to push that aside? And how do you hope that this new age is going to help shift that? So why do they push it aside? So I think that there's some lack of confidence. Um, each of us are an individual of really of greatness and of beauty. And this truth, I think, gets forgotten within sort of life storm of cultural and familial conditioning, this subconscious self-sabotage and just this sort of general numbed connection with yourself, right? And, and how, does, how does that show up? It shows up as that fear, as you were talking about. It shows up as competition, scarcity thinking, body hatred, stress, endless exhaustion, a string of men who are emotionally unavailable, noncommittal, selfish, unappreciative, et cetera, right? We're so much more than this diminished way of life. And radiant living is really our natural rightful inheritance, right? And so it's time really for women to define ourselves by this new kind of fresh set of dynamic standards. Um, so, so I would go back and say, I think it's this lack of confidence in ourselves. It's this lack of assurance that we can, we can have it all right we can do both sort of it's similar to what i've learned that i i can have the doctorate in psychology but that's not everything there's another side of the equation which where it's more than safe and acceptable and dare i say celebrated to embrace right but when we're more focused and invested in right some kind of mind training or hypnosis around our limiting beliefs, then we really lack that confidence, right? That, that sort of radical self-confidence to instinctively know intuition, right? That we can embrace all aspects of ourselves. I love that. And I agree 100% that, you know, and I, I think I really had an aha when I read Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, this mm -hmm. idea that women are absolutely 150% conditioned, that we are the lesser sex, That's right. um, that we aren't as smart, that we aren't um, going to be as wealthy as the man because, you know, we have to focus on being pretty and we have to, you know, be the feminine side and softer and kinder. And I think that it's interesting that we can't be all those things and, you know, whatever that looks like. So we do have yeah. beliefs. Yeah. I, 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 and I think this is a really important message in that we don't have to give up our womanhood in order to do what we're here to do, what we're, what we're called to do in the world. And that's the mixed messaging. Well, so we start off with like women are the lesser sex, right? We've had that for ge generations upon generations upon generations. And then in the 90s, there was really this move. I mean, it started before then, right? We can go back to the 70s, but really it was kind of in the 80s and 90s where women really kind of flooded the market, like the workplace, right? And we started taking on more managerial roles and leadership roles. But we also, I think at that time, not knowing how to infuse both, leverage both the masculine and the feminine energies within us, we cut ourselves off from our femininity, right? And so now, there, and I, I see this with a lot of my clients, so much of the state of the modern day woman, the, the belief system, the mind training is that 
I have to give up my womanhood. I have to sacrifice my femininity in order to achieve in the physical world. And that's not true. That's not true. And it's going to take, we need new role models, right? We need more women role models who are really embracing, you know, the, the, the piece of them, the part of them that can produce and be generative and think in a linear way, right? And also embrace her femininity, pay attention to her intuition, right? Open up to her receptivity, realize that she cycles, that she flows, and that these are all very valuable tools in her toolbox. Mm. I hope that everybody who's listening just heard that, that what you have to offer the world is brilliant and amazing. I loved your idea of radiant living. I'm going to steal that and start telling every woman I know to start living radiantly. I love that. Um, and Thank you. I love this idea of honoring your flow. That's so important because there's a reason why you have it. There's a reason why you sync with the moon cycles. There's a reason. And that does tap you into your divine feminine and your divine self and your intuition. What I always find just so, it seems like an obvious, but what I always find so fun to share with my overachieving (laughs) female clients, you know, really driven, really assertive, um, very generative, very productive. And it's always, you know, the way they produce for the most part. And this, this is why they come to me because something feels, it just doesn't feel balance, right? Something feels off kilter because they're constantly living inside of that masculine energy, right? Of producing generative, et cetera. And so what I'll remind them of is that women don't operate in a straight line. We operate, we cycle, right? Like, and I, and I even say, think about your menstrual cycle. And that's, you had just mentioned it, Amanda, which is why I thought, I just wanted to afford to kind of like support that. <laughs> if your menstrual cycle, we, energetically, we are always cycling, right? Our energy goes in a circle. So why would the way we manifest anything or produce anything or create anything operate any differently outside of that, outside of our own, right? Inherent energy. And so, and most women will be like, oh my God, that's right. Like, right. My, it's a cycle. It's called a menstrual cycle and there is no break in it. It's always a circle. I'm part of that energy. I have that power within me also. And so do men, right? This is not to vilify men at all. Like quite the opposite. Back to what you said in the very beginning of the call is that just more, it's about seeing ourselves as equals. Hmm. Equals who also contribute. It's more about equity is really what it's about, right? We both have our individual gifts that we bring to the table that really creates the complete and whole picture. Yeah, I, I amen. I mean, I think that that's been the problem is that it's been a hundred percent patriarchal, and there has been a balance. It's you know, at the end of the day, it's just that we're weaker and and we're we're not as valuable as a man for whatever the the reason being. So, my question is is that you know, if especially women, I, I know that men have this too, but especially women. Um, you know, and this is one of the things that I gleaned from Sheryl Sandberg's book is that a woman could be 150% qualified for a job or, you know, something at her child's school, but won't take it due to self-limiting beliefs or fear or, um, you know, doubting herself versus a man who could be 20% qualified and be like, Oh girl, I got this. Like I'm going to nail this. Yeah. Yeah, or he'll just be like, you know what? I'll learn it. I'll learn it. One, two, three. But yeah, I I remember exactly. I read the book as well, and I know exactly what I remember the part that you're speaking about. And I thought that was so fascinating. We feel like we need to be perfect for the job, and we need to know every single responsibility that we are going to have in order. Right? We need to know it well and be a mass have mastery in it before we can even apply for it. Whereas a man, like you said, he'll be like, well, I know this, and I know this, and I feel confident in this. I don't know these couple things, but let me give it a shot. I'll learn it. Right. It's so interesting. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, because of that, and I, it's conditioning because, you know, 
let's say we do get the job, it's without a doubt in the past, we would put, we would have those additional pressures put on us. I'm just going to put that out there where as a man probably wouldn't, but that aside, let's say that you do have a client, you know, and you're probably dealing with this a lot where women do have this lack of uh, confidence and this vulnerability that they're really uh, scared to show uh, because God forbid they don't know something and they do have a lot of doubt around their ability. What are some tips or techniques that you have to help them up level themselves, see their brilliance and really help them to think bigger and, and kind of eradicate those self-limiting beliefs? So some of this is a process and some of, well, I'll just say, I think it's a process. I, I, I really do want to be clear about this. I think shifting um, self-confidence and sh adjusting your compass for self-worship and compassion and confidence and growing yourself a deeper, wiser, more secure woman is a lifestyle. I don't think that there's anything that you do once and then you're just you know, this radiant, dynamic, gratified, fulfilled person forever. And I think that that needs to be, there's no easy button. I hope that that, I want to make that really clear. The human brain has a negativity bias, right? This is just biologically how we're wired. So left to like our own devices, right? We will just see the glass half uh, empty. It's what we do. It's, it's just survival. It's survival tactics is really what it is. Do I have a cave? Do I have a buffalo? Do I have a woman? Do I have a man? <laughs> like, you know, like when's the rainstorm coming? Oh, I'm not sure. We just need to hunker down, stay here. Let's not take any chances, right? Like it's sort of airy, always airing on really cautious, safe survival, right? So that's just our natural biology. That's not incorporating human spirit into this conversation, but that's our natural biology and we're in this human body. So we need to pay attention to it. It's important. So unless like I, Marianne Williamson gave this really great example that I love. She's, she's someone that I've paid a lot of attention to over the years. And she attributed to um, our spiritual practice you can call it a spiritual practice. You could call it self-improvement. You can call it self-help. You can call it whatever it is, growing your confidence, motivation, inspiration. That practice needs to be thought of as almost like when you take a shower in the morning. You wake up in the morning and maybe some entrepreneurs are not always taking a shower in the morning, right? <laughs> but for most of us, right, we're getting up and we're taking a shower in the morning. And what's the reason we're doing that? We're doing that because we want to really wash off the dirt from the night before, from the day before, right? We want, we want to cleanse. And so whatever, whatever your contemplative practice is, whether that's rooted in spirituality, psychology, coaching, mysticism, meditation, whatever that is for you, it really does, we do need to commit on a daily daily basis or a mostly daily basis, right? Of being inside that work, right? Of deciding what do I want to have a bigger experience of first and foremost, right? For example, I want to experience myself as a confident, clear, wise, deep woman. Okay. That's my bigger experience, right? So every day at some point, whether it's the morning or the evening, I have some kind of ritual. I have some kind of practice, right? where I sit inside that intention, right? Because if we don't do that on a regular basis, then our brain will do what our brain is designed to do and it will see everything with a slant of a negativity bias. So that's that, right? So that's just a little bit about the biology. So, so um, I would decide what you want to have a bigger experience of. That's extremely important. Like define what those qualities are for you. So you have something that you're really aiming for. And it could just be, I, I want to feel happy. I want to feel good right? And then the second thing I would do is I would think about, I encourage my clients to think about their feel-good formula. So what are the things, what are the actions, what are the words, what are the thoughts, what are the beliefs that are going to support, right? And fan the flames of the experience, that, the, the bigger experience that you want to have. Calm, confident, whatever. 
So maybe that's the gym workout. Maybe that's the green juice daily. Maybe that's the three minute meditation. Maybe that's the 31 minute meditation. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's just a walk outside. Maybe it's CrossFit. I don't know. Maybe it's flipping tires over and over again. I, whatever it is for you, I would be invested in your feel good formula. So it's the little things that we do daily. And then what that also helps with is it helps with creating a trust with ourselves. I trust myself to come through for myself. I trust myself to figure it out. So showing up for yourself on a daily basis and being really clear of what's my intention? What do I want to have a bigger experience of? And then what are the literal things that I'm doing to support that and fan the flames of that energy is some of the best things we can do for ourselves to grow ourselves into the people right? That we most desire to be. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And it really falls in line with what I tell people here on the show, um, my YouTube videos, everything that I do with feng shui. Basically what it comes down to is, is what I talk about is our own personal chi and we cannot cultivate our chi uh, and really take care of ourselves if we're constantly in the go, go, go. We're not taking the time necessary for ourselves to tap in, to tune in, to care for ourselves because we're getting worked up in that froth of that linear thinking, the, the you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the current system that is failing us. Um, and so what you're really talking about is this idea of taking the time necessary to uh, fill up your own cup first and to, you know, whatever it is, nutrition, uh, working out, uh, meditating, going for a walk, whatever works best yeah. for you, that's what's going to help you give back to the world in big ways and really allow your brilliance to shine because you are going to trust because your brain waves aren't frenetic and freaking out, you know, high uh, profile beta over here, like, you know, analyzing and overanalyzing and, <laughs> you know. Well, no, and that's such a good point. We live in a day and having this feel good formula practice, right? Or for example, even doing having a meditative practice or spiritual practice on a daily basis, it's almost not a luxury anymore. Because we live in a world where we have so much access, right? And the world has so much access to us. And the inertia of the incoming messaging from the outside world has created so much more pressure on the human psyche. And the messaging that's coming in, although there is a lot of good, helpful, inspiring, motivating information. There is also a lot of information, stimuli that's coming in that really wants to convince you that something's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and, and, you know, you probably need this product, right? But then here's this other product. And then, there, and there's a lot of money being made off of that, you know? So, so whatever the messaging coming in, supportive, not supportive, there's a lot of it, right? There's so much of it that you could just go days, months, maybe even years of your life without ever being introspective, right? Because your attention, our attention is always being pulled out there, right? So, so this five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes that we, we carve out for ourselves, we, where we create a context, where we create an environment, right? Where we can just sort of wipe the mirror clean, so to speak, right? And be able to connect with what's true for us is priceless. Otherwise, I think this is how I see it, where we are culturally and globally, we're never going to know who we are because we're always being called external from ourselves, right? So on a daily basis, we must commit to being willing, able, and ready to really create a new story for ourselves, free of all the conditioning, whether that's from your family, culture, whatever it might, like, right, epigenetics, whatever it is, but to create a new story for ourselves free of all that conditioning 
and that conditioning that contributes so much lack of confidence and faith that life is really on our side. And this kind of daily devotion, if you will, it's not a selfish act. And this is, this is in response to something that you said, Amanda, it, it's a practice for each other, right? We elevate others through our own successes. We raise others to a higher vibrational frequency from the infectiousness of our own overflowing, beautiful self. I mean, what could be more generous than that? I, I, my tagline, in my tagline, there, I refer to radiant living, as you mentioned right earlier. And part of how I define radiant living is that you have this wisdom within you and you instinctively know that life gets better for us all when we raise each other up rather than cut one another down. And we're not accessible, available to doing that at all unless we go inwards first. Amen. Right? So, so, so how do women, how do you instill more confidence? How do you tap into your intuition? How do you know that you can get the job and do, be good at it? Like you, you create a context for yourself every single day where you hook into your larger intention and you make sure that you're doing, saying, believing things that are going to really fuel that with a lot of energy. And then the other thing, just a practical tip is, and women forget to do this all the time, you really need to acknowledge your successes. We forget, like we kind of, we get outside, like we get in our emotional brain, which remember, like we have a negativity bias and we, we're like, oh, can't, shouldn't, wouldn't, never be able to. We get like into that. And so often with my clients, I'm saying, I'm asking them the question, is that true? Can you be sure that that's true? Well, what's the evidence that says that like, you're just not going to make it to October or whatever it is. You're going to emotionally like collapse. And then when she really looks at that, it's like, she never emotionally, I mean, like, that's not to say you don't have a bad day, but like, you, you know, you're not going to be a cat lady on the side of the street with like a tin can. Like, this is just not where your life is going. Like when we really look at the trajectory of your life, you know, whatever context you were operating in, you made it happen, right? You came through for yourself. So in regards to even the promotion or getting the job or can I do it? I would really recommend is just like a tangible exercise, like sitting down and being like, well, what are all of my current successes? What are all the times I thought that I couldn't do it? And I did. And I would use that as some of the fuel for your fire too. Yeah. I, and I think those are all fantastic tips because I think that one of the things that women especially failed to do is to give back to themselves. You know, that idea of operating from a full cup. I think that you, uh, have to absolutely guard your thoughts and guard your feelings and, you know, be just cognizant of the language that you're using towards yourself and, and how you're operating because we do have that negative bias. And then we've got all this external crap telling us how to think, exactly. how to behave, how to act, how to feel. And then you start getting confused, like, well, how do I feel? Or how do I think? Or, or yes. how am I supposed to behave? And so, Without taking Maybe I do need to lose two pounds. Maybe I yes. do need bigger boobs. Maybe I should have been married five and a half years ago. Maybe I, you know, it's, and yeah. I would say that, you know, taking the time to whatever it is, meditate, go to the gym, whatever it is that really fills your cup up, that's where you are going to learn how to trust yourself because you are going to be able to tap into that inner knowing you're going to be able to tap into, you know, what your bigger picture is and get into that divine flow, that radical energy that Danielle was talking about and, you know, learn to be more courageous because you're going to learn to trust yourself. Uh, and the, what I have found is that when I can get into that flow state and tap in, I know that I can trust what comes to me. I know that I can trust what's coming to me. And, and you mentioned a minute ago about epigenetics. Yeah. What we are now starting to see is that it is not about our genes, but it is absolutely our environment that plays the biggest role on how we do think, act, show up, behave, yeah. all of those things. So you have to guard 
who you are around and what they're saying mm -hmm. to you. You know, if your five people that you hang around are negative, get the hell out. Like it's not yeah. serving you. Yeah. And you know, what types of things are you doing daily to take care of yourself so that your environment is positive and uplifting you so that you can give back to the world in big ways? Yep. I'm curious, uh, as far as your spiritual practice, you know, I've seen a big shift in you now that you've really embraced this mysticism and, and started working with various shamans. And like you said, the master numerologist, and you're also, uh, working with a, a fellow friend who does Akashic records. What does having a spiritual practice help? Well, for you, how has it helped you? But how do you feel that that could help others in really tapping into their divine, um, whether feminine or masculine, and really getting clear about their trajectory as to where they're supposed to be in aligning with their purpose? So what's really fun about it um, is being able to give my clients more of a holistic picture about what's happened in the past, where they are in the present, and how to get to the future that they're most thrilled about, right? That's gonna most gratified, fulfilled future. And what I've really learned over the years is that psychology is only a piece of that. It's a tool in the toolbox, in my toolbox, right? And then the coaching, because I'm also a life coach, the coaching, is another tool, right? And then the spirituality is another tool. And then the mysticism, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, separate um, spirituality and mysticism for just a, a moment. Um, but so those are all different tools that help us really see the bigger story. The psychology of it really helps I find in my practice really helps get clear about what literally happened or is happening that is creating some kind of limiting belief or disempowering story that's preventing you from being the person that you most desire to be and creating the life that you would live in. So this is literally what happened in your childhood. This is literally what happened with that man or that woman in work, whatever it might be. And it's really important to have that, to have that kind of awareness and clarity of like, okay, this is my feeling. This is what happened when I was seven. It created this particular result in my life. So that's a piece of the puzzle. But then where the psychology can tend to stop, it really depends on the psychologist. Um, but where it can tend to stop is that then we just sort of stay stuck and when kind of speaking about what happened back then. And what I love about the coaching is the coaching really gives us some really practical tools and resources to help move us into the how, right? Well, how do we actually move out of the pain and into a more empowered, confident and experience of ourselves? So coaching is really great at that. What I love about spirituality, the way I use it, it's almost like zooming up 30,000 feet and spiritually being able to read why it's all happening. Why did that happen for you when you were seven? Why did that happen for you when you were 14? Right. And being able to interpret the patterns in your life from a spiritual perspective, from a spiritual viewpoint. Oh, okay. You met so-and-so because he's actually exactly like that ex-husband of yours that you spent so much time divorcing, yet you're still falling into the same energetic patterns where you're attracted or you're inviting in and you're available to the same kind of man as your ex-husband. And so now you met, I'll just call him Ron, this guy, right? To show you that you're not past, right? You need to grow yourself beyond being a woman who's available to this kind of behavior by a man. And you're just meeting another man like your ex-husband to show you that this is something you still need to work on, right? So we kind of interpret the story. And then what I love about the mysticism, and I'm, I am 
newer to it, so I don't want to overspeak about it. But the mysticism, like numerology and astrology and tarot, those are those are tools that I'm beginning to learn more about and working with. What I find with those is that they work really well in confirming the psychology and the spirit spirituality, and they also point out blind spots. So there's things in that we can try to interpret from psychology and from spirituality that that we miss right but the cards and the numbers in my experience never lie so the cards the tarot cards the numerology the astrology it just adds another layer to the story we get to go even deeper and we see how there are these overarching patterns and connections and it really helps us navigate our own healing um, with that much more clarity and I, I dare I say strategy right because when you have a level of clarity and you really know your story right this is why it's happening this is it. then you're able to determine the next steps um, with a lot more confidence and then it comes then you, then the courageousness comes in am i willing to take the next steps there's a little bit of a long answer <laughs> but i think it's good i think that you know it's most of the people who listen to this uh podcast are you know definitely uh well on their way to leading a, a spiritual life and and allowing mysticism into their life but i think all of us at any given time can lose track for whatever reason you know we can get swept up and caring for elderly parents or maybe young children or you know the the big project at work so i think it's always a friendly reminder of how to take care of ourselves and also to keep seeking there is a higher knowledge there's this whole idea of entanglement where we are all you know interconnected and at the end of the day you know in order for you to really tap into that and to get that higher knowledge and to get the the snapshot if you will I think you have to be open to this idea or open-minded to the idea that there is a bigger picture. Um, you know, I, I know quite a bit about numerology and I, I am shocked at how accurate it can be. And yeah. you want to question it and you want to ask questions like, well, how can this be? And how can it be this telling? But I have found that it's never wrong. That's right. And same thing with astrology it's never wrong and you know things like akashic records it's like well how is that something like that even possible like how is that possible and at the end of the day i think that you just have to come to the conclusion that you know there's so much more that's out there that we are unaware of and don't know of yet and we're just starting to see glimpses of it and little peaks of it and if you're open to it that's where the magic is and that's where mm -hmm. i think that you can um, get to a place where self-limiting beliefs and confidence and things like that that have maybe held you back will start to crack open a little bit and you can show up a little bit softer and a little bit more vulnerable and be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well said. So if we are, we're, we're at the top of the hour here. Um, for those that are listening today, I always like to ask people what some of their favorite books are, but what are either some favorite books that you have that you ha are either reading or have read, or maybe a favorite tip that you would like to leave them with? Uh, some of my favorite books, well, the tip that I, uh, Daily Devotion, Daily Devotion, ha carve out five, 10 minutes a day where you hook into your larger intention of what do I want to have a bigger experience of? And then you look at how or what are you literally doing in your life to support, right, that bigger experience. So I can't underestimate that enough, how the little daily things count. Mm. The little daily things count. And it's that self-love and that confidence that are a foundation of a dynamic, expansive, gratified life. And it's really challenging to have that level of self-love and confidence when we're not in touch with ourselves. And when we're in that space of being in touch with ourselves, 
how we open up to receiving the support and guidance from the universe, right? Mm -hmm. We're kind of hooked in. So then, and some of my favorite books are A Course in Miracles. I've, I always have that close by. Um, I've always loved Eat, Pray, Love. I know it's so ancient, mm -hmm. but I always am like pulling it out. I, I love some of the inspiration from there. Rise, Sister Rise has become one of my favorite new books. And for a little more kind of practical coaching, I love Time Warrior by Steve Chandler. That's mm. one of my favorite books too. So, and then um, there's a book called The Trauma of Everyday Life. It sounds a little doom and gloom, but it's actually really <laughs> awesome. It's by Dr. Mark Epstein. He's a psychologist in New York City, but he's also a full-time Buddhist. And so his perspective of weaving uh, traditional psychology in with the spiritual practice of Buddhism, I find really refreshing and, um, and it works. <laughs> No, well, I mean, if there's, if there's anything that you should know, it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Danielle, thank you uh, for saying yes to this. I have been wanting to have you back on the show to share you with my audience. And I'm so glad that we were able to find the time so that I could get you on here so that the audience can hear all of your amazing tips on how we can all change our lives for the better. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I... I love you. I love the work that you're doing in the world and I support you always. So I think the bigger question here is what do you really want? What are you doing today to have that bigger experience, that bigger experience that life has to offer you, that radical, radiant living? How can you do that today? How can you be more courageous, more vulnerable and celebrate all of the beauty that surrounds you every day. And of course, those everyday wins that we typically tend to forget. I hope that you have learned something from this podcast today. I encourage you to go over to Danielle's website, drdanielledowling.com. I will also have that in the show notes so that you can go over there. She has so many fantastic free tips and free information that you can glean from her website. And of course, I would encourage all of you to sign up for one of her packages. She helps women just like you and me every single day to transform their lives and teaches you how to get into your flow state and really shine. All right, everyone, this is Amanda Gates. I hope you have loved this podcast as much as I did. If you would like more information, there will be show notes over at our website, which is gatesinteriordesign.com. You can reach out to us via letschat at thegatescompany.com. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We've got all kinds of really great free videos that you can see about feng shui and, uh, I don't know, just some really great tips. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. Thank you.